0: and now it's your turn. Let's get- Welcome to the University of Adversity. Hey everybody, just a quick update for you all my loyal listeners. Um, if some of you have wondered where I disappeared to on Instagram, my Instagram account was hacked. So, um, I built a new Instagram account. The link will be in the show notes, but I just didn't want to leave you guys high and dry like I just disappeared. Um yeah, the the account was taken a couple of days ago, and I just thought might as will make a new account, start fresh. I may get the other account back, I may not, but I appreciate all of you, and I want to be transparent with you and let you know that I have a new account. So please go follow that. It's Lance, L A N C E dot E S S I H O S Lance dot E C O S. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm going to do something different on this one, Have show more of my lifestyle, have a lot of podcasts, but I don't want it to be fully podcast focused. And I have a video as my first post kind of explaining that. So please go in, follow, I really appreciate you guys, all your support, and share this with whoever needs to know. So thank you very much, follow me on Instagram, enjoy the episode everybody. What's up everybody, welcome back to the show. If you guys haven't already hit that subscribe button leave us a review at the end let us know what you think um this this podcast is just so important to get out there so that people can get inspired and if you know this is the episode that may change somebody's life you never know right so get that out there if you can share it with a friend at the end of the show and let us know what you think my next guest name is eric gilbert williams um we actually connected a while back we connected over linkedin and we had a talk and i found out about his story he was telling me about his story and it was really powerful and it took us a few months to eventually connect on the podcast but we did and and we had a great conversation a really real raw conversation he's got a powerful story and he's been able to create a lot of success in his life so i hope you guys enjoy this sit back relax eric gilbert williams coming right up so how's things man what's what's happening
1: uh you know i was uh, out in southeast asia for a while i was in thailand for a couple months before all this crazy virus stuff happened lucky me i suppose and then i've been in uh out in ontario for the past month visiting family and reconnecting and i'm off back to calgary tomorrow and then california uh, mid-february gonna go and do some ventures out in the, uh, in the valley area we'll see
0: awesome man yeah good stuff yeah it's scary that uh that asia stuff happening man that coronavirus is nuts
1: you know, and, and I did have a flu when I was in, uh, in Thailand and it was, it was horrible, man. Mm. But um, lucky me, it wasn't that. And, and, you know, life goes on and I'm okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was like three weeks after I got back and, and all that started to, to come out. So Wow. But, you know, l- humans persevere. And no matter what adversity we bump into, we keep going, don't we? It's the yeah. point of all this, right?
0: Bro, yeah. I mean, when did we talk last I'm, I'm trying to think of like what i you know
1: <laughs> I, I
0: think it in was the last six months even like what's going no, on
1: <laughs> I think it was like two years ago when we did a pre-intro sort of chat because you had I don't know how you'd found it feels,
0: me it I'm, feels like
1: that it was it was a long time at least a year anyways that yeah, would have been a year
0: yeah it would have been about a year
1: yeah and uh I wasn't ready at the time to yeah. chat properly and so I needed a bit of time and And then, uh, you know, here we are, you know, now now, now I'm ready. (laughs) And you were talking about doing, um, you were helping people launch podcasts too. So I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know if you got time now or some other time, but I'd love to hear what you're up to. And and yeah, man,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's have a chat because that's kind of, that's what I'm doing, man. That's what I've gone all in with. And, you know, being able to have this show and being able to kind of just replicate what I was able to create. Right. Yeah. and it's just been amazing, man. So yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting. It's uh, I'm
1: launching one in the next few months here, so I've already started the uh, the groundwork on it. So that's something we could maybe chat about. Yeah,
0: yeah, we pretty much just want to take away all the heavy lifting for for everybody, right? We want to be able to have you know, so you can kind of focus on just kind of creating your voice, and then we, we take care of the rest, right? We'll
1: create artwork, we'll do all that stuff. But yeah, we
0: can definitely talk about that. I might right? be a
1: client, I might be a client, or a yeah, sponsor, awesome. or both, who knows, we'll see. Yeah,
0: Awesome, brother. <laughs> well, you know what? We, we're starting this, this interview a little bit different, is normally we'll have, um, I, the, it's recording right now, and this will be really okay. good because it's authentic.
1: <laughs> it is. Right from
0: the start, because normally I'll have a little chat, just for all you guys listening, normally what we do is we come in, we kind of have a chat and then I hit record, but we just started recording and I figured let's just let it roll. It's the, it's the real exact, as soon as we hit zoom, we're, we're live. So we're good.
1: Life has um, no second takes, man. This is how it is.
0: Man, I, I actually <laughs> like this. And just for everybody, listen, like I, I love the feeling of, I just want to prepare the guests just in case they're not ready to hit record right away. I kind of be like, Hey, we're about to, we'll start, you know, but I kind of like just starting like that.
1: Surprise, because you know you don't get a warning in real life. You don't. Yeah. You don't get a warning that you're about to go bankrupt or that you're going to get sued or you're about to close your next twenty million dollar deal. You don't get warnings <laughs> on that stuff. It just happens, whether you're ready or not. You better be ready. Because Dude, that's so true.
0: <laughs> it's so true, man. And it's always when we're in the state where we're we're not ready that well, we're maybe we're not in the right state of mind or something, man. It always hits us when we need it the most, though. But like it's it's crazy. Like, not needed as in, like, it's going to feel like it's going to benefit us, but it's going to teach us something at the right time.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> and there's, this, there's this philosophy, a, a philosophical saying that I, I latched onto. It says um, expectation is the prerequisite for disappointment. And what, what the, it's not to say don't, don't expect good things or whatever. It's not to say that. It's to say, look, mm-hmm. it, if I'm expecting that I'm going to have a steak dinner and I don't get one, I might be disappointed even though I just got the most amazing, you know, salmon or whatever else. It could be even better. It could be served by you know, princes or, or in, in some, at the top of a mountain. It could be so different than what I wanted. I still got a cool dinner, but my expectation was so stuck on it being a steak that anything other than that is, is not good in terms of how the brain's registering it. So you know, just being ready of, for whatever's coming up, right? We're good or bad, it doesn't matter. Let's just be agile. Let's be, let's be present. Let's be real.
0: Man, I like that because that's kind of like what people... You know we talked about this before it's like you have your goal and of course you want that but sometimes people get so attached to having that exact thing that if if everything doesn't go perfectly for them on the journey then they feel like it's failing. And it's
1: we're like talking you about have a goal and it's yeah, actually,
0: yeah. like you have to be able to you have to be able to flex in and out because it's not always going to be exactly as planned right? Yeah. You got to kind of embrace that like huh all right this isn't what i planned but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take this on and, and go with it
1: right and you know i'm looking at the, in the back in the background there we got well we got bruce lee we got <laughs> muhammad ali we got wayne gretzky yeah right and and it's it would be obscene it'd be absurd to try and say that those three you know amazing humans were able to predict how every battle is going to go how every hockey game is going to go they can't right but they're mm-hmm. ready for whatever throws at them right they're ready they're ready to capitalize on it and yeah and, and th- th- this is what we're doing there's, there's no second take there's no rehearsal we're just right into a session let's i love it, it. and
0: so yeah brother so let's let's take it back let's let's do a little bit of uh i would love to hear and for the audience just kind of a little bit of your backstory what was it like for you growing up and maybe walk us through that journey a little bit
1: sure um so if you met me when i was 10 you might have said i was a. Uh, Shy kid, reserved. Maybe i get a good job like my parents, and um, you'd probably be right. When if you met me when I was seventeen, you might have locked your doors and called the police, right? And and you wouldn't have been the first pe- first person to do that. Is that's that's uh, the, the turn of events that happened. I, I grew up in a nice, you know, suburban, happy, good home with lots of love. And um, you know, my parents split up when I was younger, but you know, there's definitely worse split ups that you see on TV, right? It wasn't that bad, right? But um, ultimately, I just I fell in this trap of. And there's a subject of teen uh, social challenges, and that covers, you know, drugs and crime and t- peer pressure and, um, and, and a lot of different things. Uh, and and I, was, I was not a happy kid. I, I don't know if it was depressed or what, but in my brain, I amplified things as a kid does. There lots of emotion and very little perspective. And next thing I know, um, I just snapped when I was a teenager. When I was 16, I, I left home, uh, basically disappeared, didn't talk to my parents for a while. I dropped out of school. I never went back to high school. I still haven't. And, uh, and I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's, that's where my life path was and is. And, um, and got into a lot of trouble, right? I got, I got arrested a couple times and I was hanging around with uh, some tough people. Um, they, they gave me a lot of love at the time, right? Like good wheel hunting style love. But, um, but it was also a lot of trouble to stay around there. And it was very difficult. So uh, by the time I was uh, 17, you know, it was, it was pretty deep into the drug house. And, you know, some people were getting hurt or just disappearing or they're gone in jail. You know, you can make a movie about stuff like that, right? And and next thing I know, I got to make a decision for myself: Am I going to continue being like this and walk down the same path, or not? And one of the pivotal moments was when I was, you know, when I first got into that that group. There there was parents, the adults that were around the same, you know, in the same house and in in the same circles. They all did the same stuff that that we did. They all got high, and we all just, you know, partied together. And I thought they were really cool because of it. Mm. But then I started to realize they just um, we're stuck in a in a cycle and I'm not criticizing them and I'm not saying positive or negative. I'm just saying that they were reliving the same pattern over and over and over for a very, very long time. And sometimes that's great. And for me, I looked at it and I thought that's not great for me. So it was time to leave and cut all ties. So um, um, that's kind of early stage. And mm-hmm. that's really where I discovered entrepreneurship. I got brought under, I brought into the sales organization, you know, hardcore direct sales one-on-one, you know, get the door slammed on your nose a thousand times and get up and do it again type of sales right and and that's that was my first teaches you a lot
0: that's for sure
1: oh man doesn't it ever yeah so i did that and that was my first real venture and and my first taste of entrepreneurship and there was no turning back from then on it was all in
0: Hmm. yeah that's um how did you so that's crazy man because i remember you telling me that before and i just kind of remembered. i was like oh yeah okay how, how, like, this is sort the thing, that, <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of thing that fascinates me is how people get stuck in these patterns, you know, and how some get stuck and it goes deeper and deeper and some are able to get out, you know, and as you get older, it becomes harder to get out of these patterns, these toxic yeah. patterns, this loop, right? You get used to this, this chemical cocktail and getting, you get addicted to it, you know, in, in a couple oh. of years. Yeah, and it's, it's not even just addicted to the actual substance, but it's like your brain is addicted to the, the, the ups and the downs and all crazy shit that goes on in between, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, right? But I was so unhappy with things then that yeah. anything that wasn't what I had experienced up until that point mm. was idolized and put on a pedestal. No matter if it was positive or negative, it was just different than what I had. Therefore, it must be good. And it was like this desperate latching on, you know, if, mm-hmm. if all you know is that there's an apple or an orange, um, and, and you don't want an apple or and orange, but those are the only two options that you see, you're probably going to choose an apple or an orange. You don't realize there's an entire fruit orchard in front of you. You're in a, uh, you're in a farmer's market. You can pick anything you want. All right? that's life. But that perspective uh, sometimes needs to be, uh, it needs to come on its own.
0: Hmm. Did you, what was your, what was your relationship like with your parents? Was it because, so is that why you, you grad, you gravitated towards them for whatever reason? Did you not have that growing up or like, what, what was that like?
1: Well, my mom was, my mom was a school teacher and okay. uh, um, she, she split from my parent, my dad when, when I was five mm-hmm. and uh, my biological dad, um, he's, uh, he's got some social issues. He's, he's been on welfare forever, uh, disability insurance and doesn't really function well in society. And, uh, and for me, that was my role model of what a, of what a, a man should be because a kid looks to their dad to, to see what they should be in the world, right? So that was the only example I had of what a male figure would be like. And it, and it's, it took many, many years to realize that that's not how all men are. That's not how you know the world is. And I still love them uh, dearly, but uh, um, I needed a different role model, right? And, uh, and of course, you know, my mom did her best and, and did what she could and taught me a lot of Know core things about entrepreneurship, even like if you want something, you got to go and earn it for yourself, go make it. Mm. Um, and that was the, the, the social dynamic at home. Uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, I don't know where that came from exactly. It didn't come from them, it surely didn't come from them. Mm. Uh, doing all this this fun business stuff and the fastest growing company and selling it and traveling the world, all that stuff is my own strange spontaneity, I suppose, coming out.
0: <laughs> yeah, interesting, man. So, I mean, it's pretty fascinating how you were able to get out of that that toxic shit though and then get into like the direct selling was it out of desperation or was it just was it because a lot of times you got to hit a certain point and you know from yeah man it's it's really really tough when you're in that situation
1: it is you know and like, i'm just i just finished writing a book or my book on this subject yeah and, and really it comes down to this this rock bottom to me it's about rock bottom what's like if you, if you think for a second, what was your rock bottom moment? And you're sitting there and you're like, shit, you know, now what? Yeah. And you get back up, right? Yeah. And, and it starts to clarify. It's like, oh, maybe I could try this, right? Yeah. And it's rebuilding. But it's, for me anyways, it, it wasn't until I hit rock bottom, and I've been there a couple times now, but it wasn't until I hit rock bottom that I fully released the, the preconceived notion or the, or the illusion that I actually knew what I was doing right? Once, once the rock bottom hits that far down at the rock bottom, uh, it shatters the belief systems and forces a new thought process.
0: Do you find it hard though, that those thoughts creep up? Because even though you're becoming successful, you know that what's possible and a lot of our thoughts are based on our past, right? So does that ever come into your mind? Like, oh man, I don't want to go back there again. You know, if you've been there, you're like, fuck, I don't like that, that position, right? As much as we needed that rock bottom, we don't want to go back there. Does that happen to you? Or have you programmed yourself to not think like that?
1: No, for sure. It's always there. You know, Uh, it's not an always, it's not a driving force. It's not a, it's not a fear or regrets or a shame experience that's driving me in a a certain direction. But surely, just like uh, when you're driving down the road in the middle of the night, if you have very, very low, if you have just your daylight, you know, running lights on, you're only going to see a little bit ahead of you as you're driving, right? So that means you're only going to be able to go so fast. And then I feel like these past memories, these past experiences, they're like stronger headlights. And all of a sudden, we're middle of the night, but we got the full on high beams, you know, I'm talking the ones that are up on top of the roof too. and, And you can see everything in front of you. And it doesn't matter that it's a dark, scary road, you can see it so clearly. And I feel like that's what experience Brings to the table—that's what memory can bring to the table. That's the positive side of bad experiences and hitting rock bottom. It gives you a barometer: how close am I towards that? Um, how how's how in the middle of the road am I? Where do the course corrections have to have? And I think that you know all of us can can use these past experiences to help guide us forward in a in a, in a positive trajectory.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that, and I've been doing this as well. Is that some people may agree with this, may not, but A lot of times, that feeling of scarcity or fear is like what really stops us from, you know, achieving success because we're allowing that feeling to take over us. But if we can lean into that and be like, "All right, what's the worst that can happen?" Actually, think about it. It's not even going to be as bad as as we think, you know. Like to actually say, like, okay, if I lost everything, what would I do? You know, and to actually say. I'm not going to give this thought power anymore. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to put myself, think about what would that look like? Is yeah. that so bad? Yeah. Or would I still be okay? And if you know that you're still going to be okay, like we're still like we're in North America, we're in Canada, no matter what, we're, we're, not, is, we're, we're better off than, than like a lot of places, right? And yeah. I feel like when you, when you really sit with that and, and don't allow that to have this power, this scare, like being scared of that, it almost allows you to step into a higher level of abundance and create more because you're not letting that dictate all your thoughts and your subconscious, right?
1: For sure. You know, I think of everyone listening right now, you know, if I rattle off a few things, okay, here's, here's some worst case scenarios, right? You get divorced. Um, uh, your company goes bankrupt. Uh, you get medically ill. Uh, someone in your family passes away. That's really close to you. Uh, you lose the huge contract. It doesn't go the way you want it. You get fired. Um, you're, you know, your key employee leaves. Um, you you break down from a an anxiety attack like like I almost guarantee that people listening right now have th- there's there's a few people that have experienced all of these things right collectively we've all been through all of this stuff yet we're still here you're still driving on your way to work you're still you know walking somewhere and listening to this podcast and 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 excited about what you can do about it right what's what's next and that's that's all it that really matters right is taking these these experiences and turning them into lessons, just like this podcast is named, the university, right? This is, yeah. this is our university of life. Yeah. And man. tomorrow's a new day, man.
0: Yeah. I love, yeah. I, I was actually thinking that yeah, the university of adversity for the students of life,
1: Love it, <laughs> for the students of life,
0: man. I mean, that's <laughs> what we are though, you know? And, 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 and I feel like we, we need to learn through the adversities in life in order to get better and to prepare ourselves because it's not, they're not going away right? These, these well, things are going to come at us no matter what. So we might as well get the tools for them.
1: Here, here's the real scary question. What if you don't learn from the worst experiences in your life? Now, to me, that's, what's really scary. Okay. Yeah, it's going to happen scary. again or something, you know, or, or this is, yeah. you got to learn from this stuff. Right. And, and, and we can all just take that, that step back and say, all right, this is what happened. This is where I want to be. This is where it, you know, was a little bit off. Let's turn on the brightness of these headlights and, uh, and, and drive a little safer at night. Right. I mean, and get to the point where we can drive a little faster and get to where we want to go.
0: Life is just so fragile too. And so it's not permanent, nothing, right? I mean, no, you look sure. at like Kobe Bryant, man. And I know this has been talked about a lot. And when this airs, it'll be a few weeks after. But man, it just goes to show you, you know, somebody somebody like that, you, you go through this amazing career and then you start doing all this philanthropy work and you're doing all this amazing stuff. And then all of a sudden it's it's done. It's like, whoa, you know, like, and, and if that can happen to him, that can happen to anybody. I know this is a little bit you know it's it's it, it's sometimes hard to think about, but it's re- it's really crazy how how fragile life can be, yeah. right and how we don't really most people don't really appreciate the moment that they're in very much. It's yeah. fair to say that, right? And yeah. all of a sudden, it's gone. And, and, and then what, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's crazy, man.
1: It is. And I can only hope that, you know, his moment came and he can look back at his memory wherever he is now and, and say, you know, and feel like he did, uh, he lived a good life. You know, he did the right things. He was doing the right, the right work, helping the right people, you know, with his, with his family. And I feel like if all of us can look back and say, you know, I'm proud of what I've done and I'm doing the right thing I'm doing the best I know how really am if i can if i can say that then um you know and, then, and, and if if i can say that and i can't change the fact that maybe it's my time then at least i can be at peace knowing that you know i really did the live the best life that i could it just ended too short you know and i hope that he has that yeah. peace
0: yeah and i i just i think everybody just needs to really i know it put things into perspective for me as well it's like whoa okay reality check here we got to we got to appreciate what we got man because Things can be taken away, and I've talked about being grateful and practicing gratitude a lot, and you can do that, but sometimes we're, you know it's, it's not to the you don't really apply it in your life all the time and I just think it's such a valuable thing to really appreciate what you have because nothing is guaranteed, and I think that you know being grateful for what you have brings a lot of a lot of other things in your life too it changes the state of you and you're able to attract i don't know what it does physically to your body but it it definitely changes your state and allows you to bring more abundance or more uh things into your life of that higher vibration you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah you know like the first time uh when i when i first made my first million it was this amazing experience and I lost it all. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you don't know, you never know what's going to happen. And then bringing it back again and making the next million is, it became a little bit easier. Uh I'm not trying to undercut my, the, the work that was involved, but um, the, the notion that it's possible was now in existence. And if it's possible, then it's more, okay, what can we do about it? Right. What, mm. what can we do to help it along? Right. And um, you know, you talked about, Practice gratitude, and, and you know, I write my gratitude journal every day. Yeah, uh, if, you, if not every day, but it's at least every week, at least. And um, you know, it's, it's little little stepping stones. You know, in, in how many how many billionaires and millionaires have we talked to, or that you've interviewed on the show, that haven't had a big financial setback, or had a big, you know, medical issue that, that set them back, or a mental block that set them back, uh, and they bounce back, right? And and we all have that control of what are we going to do next? Or we can't control what happened yesterday it's already done, but we do control yeah. what we're going to do today. Next. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For so,
1: sure. yeah. So, and, and, and to just wrap up on, on, I mean, you mentioned Kobe Bryant, you know, he rest in peace. Um, what a, what a great man and, you know, massive respect from the world, I believe.
0: Yeah. And everyone else in that helicopter too, man, like just fucking tragic, man. Like, you know, I know we lose a lot of people all the time and, you know, there's a lot of deaths in the world, but just hearing that and just the circumstances, it just really, that one really hit me. I was really emotional when I heard that. I was—I remember at the gym and I was like, what? Like, it was just like yeah. a, the weirdest feeling, man. Like, whew. I don't know, man. I've And I've lost people in my life. I never liked that feeling of that, that shock, that feeling. Vulnerability. Of, yeah, Being, Yeah. It's really shitty, man. But You know, you got to take the learn. You got to learn from these things, and you know, see, like, well, how can I apply this lesson in my life? So, that's that's what it's all about. I also, so, dude, all right. So, let's get back to your story a bit. I wanna, I wanna kind of walk through this because you just said you lost all the money. Let's let's piece it together. So, you got into direct sales. You started to hammer that down. You started to probably learn a ton about yourself. A lot of rejections. A lot of shit going on. How did you, what, what was your steps to becoming a millionaire from there? Like, I'm really curious on like how, what that looked like. Because one minute you're, you know, doing all this toxic shit and, and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you're on your path to become a millionaire. This, this, this is like what fascinates me. And I'm sure a lot of people are, as well.
1: Yeah, sure. And it's a, it's a, it's a long story, but it's simple. I got into direct sales, did really well, grew to the top of your organization. I started doing trainings for them and, and traveling around the Country helping open up. Uh, I bought into the company ownership a little bit on the on a, sorry, not not company ownership. I bought into the uh, a royalty of the company uh, using some of the money I had saved, so that I would get a bit sort of a longer term royalty on, on how the company is doing, a little bit off the top. And uh, and then the company imploded. The, the founding group of people that, that put the company together and were keeping it together fell apart. up working together, the company's gone. Game over. Mm-hmm. Right, everything's gone. Period. So you know, you think you're getting something, it's taken away. Got into uh, uh, personal development. I dove into that really deeply because I dropped out of high school, so I met uh, uh, an educational setback, so to say. And I wanted to up for it through professional courses that didn't involve going back into the classroom. So you know, a lot of reading and audio books and workshops and all that stuff. And that was really exciting, and it led me to organizing and hosting my own events. Promoted them in the greater Toronto area. Uh, there's about 12 events over a little bit under two years fluent speakers you know sold trade show booths and you know i was the MC and all that it would be hundreds of people every time and that was great i loved it It was my first real business as an entrepreneur um, until i hired my first business coach and he forced me to do what i didn't want to do i loved it i love the promoting thing and this is something i like to talk about is the difference between an entrepreneur and a business person but they're not the same thing it's, it's a different mindset completely okay and naturally Naturally at the time I gravitated more towards an entrepreneurial mindset, which to me is innovation, you know excitement, creating, promoting marketing, uh, leadership, uh, bringing people together, you know building something new and bring it to market. That's the entrepreneur. To me, the business person is about the law and all the details and the accounting and the spreadsheets and the, and the, the financial statements and the projections and the strategy. That, that's what business to me is about and you need both in my opinion. Um, back then, I was a little too good at the entrepreneurship without a compensation for the business side got this coach he forced me to look at the books i was bankrupt man i was broke not bankrupt completely but i was ko these events even though they were getting a, a stronger and broader following every month over over they weren't making any money and i didn't know it because i just wasn't paying attention i always told myself build it and they'll come right but that's not really how the world works sometimes so mm. uh, i realized that the bank was horrible and and i was ko i had uh, uh three um i had overdraft and credit card and a line of credit and all of them were maxed and somehow i told myself it was okay but it wasn't and so i had to stop the events and uh, hit another rock bottom that was number two and found myself working at a friend's uh, company at a janitorial company and i ended up being a nighttime janitor for the next uh, few months and I cleaned up the dirtiest sloppiest night bars that you've you know ever imagined you know if you think about that crazy party you did and you were you know and everyone's going crazy and puking all over the place at the bar. Yeah, I was the guy that came and cleaned it up, and uh, it is what it is. I'm smiling when I say it because it was such a roller coaster, right? And but that's how it goes. At one point, you're 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 MC on a big stage in front of a big group of people, flying speakers around that are really powerful people, and then uh, a couple months later, you're you're mopping the floors in a bar, right? Life's that's the life roller coaster, and then you get to come back from that too. And and of course, it did, and got into construction, um, built up a company, we're doing uh, several million a year and 60 people, and hit number one fastest growing company in Calgary, and. Uh, got a few other awards and automated it sort of traveling the world, fulfilling the dreams, sold it. And then of course now I'm here, but you know, the point is, and, and there was, you know, some roller coasters in there too. I, um, had a complete completely went under again, uh, had to restructure everything. Um, and, and, you know, life goes on, right. And, and onto the next experience.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, your resilience is, your, your your resilience though is, is amazing. You know, what changed then from each level of You know, I don't even like the word failure because I feel like it's it's it it's it's misleading because failing means like, oh, that's it, you're done, you're fucked. That's it's over. That's what I feel the word failure and I feel like cuz you may have failed and you know, hit rock bottom you still kept going, so technically it's not like it ended, so you you learned and you kept moving, so you really didn't fail anyway, you know yeah. so sorry, but what you know because I feel like failing is just you've completely given up, that's like you've given it up, you've gone a complete right. direction, and even then you're still learning, you yeah know? like you you're always learning something but so what changed from you from when from each level then? You know, what did you, what did you, could it have been prevented from losing it the first time? Like, was there thing like lack of knowledge, but then was that all that changed to your next, to the next challenge, like getting into the construction and doing that company? Like, what was the change in your mindset and and, and habits?
1: Well, there's lots of changes, right? I feel like, uh, I feel like we're always changing. Every person is always changing. And you know, even just listening to this podcast, maybe something changed in your mind. I mean, you look at something differently. And I'd, I'd like to suggest that every time we take a big lesson and anchor it into our reality, anchor it into building a new, better us, then we just engage with the world. And maybe it'll even flop too. Who knows? But it'll be better than it would have been otherwise. And every big flop, every venture that fell on its face, every time I fell on my face, it, you know, what's the point of giving up? You know, what's some people say, oh, what's the point of carrying on? Well, well no, no. What's the point of giving up? What does that give you? right? What do, you, what do you get? What do you gain out of not trying and, and out of not being the best that you can be? You know, out of not opening up that box and letting out all that energy of potential goodness that you can do for the world and for yourself, right? So every time, for me anyways, I would flop and hit the ground. Um, I would, you know, obviously I'd be an emotional wreck. So, you know, my, my family and community would help me bring back up. But the next venture um, is just a little bit better and a little bit better until, uh, for me, construction was a sweet spot. I found a lot of, um, there was. It was this climaxal period. I was able to uh, tie in the lessons of sales from the first venture and the lessons of the organization and putting on an event from the event production. And uh, I had been always a roofer sort of on the side as an employee and I enjoyed being outside um, and Hey, it, it made money. So it, it was, a, it was a good mix. It was a good soup at the time or a chili even chili is way better than soup by the way. Yeah. And it, it worked. The business caught on. It was a good market. It was the right time. Calgary was in boom and it was back in 2006. So, you know, oil was a big deal in Canada back then. I mean, it still is, but back then it was better. And uh, and and it worked. And maybe it was timing, maybe it was luck, who knows. But if if you stop trying, you'll never get lucky, right? That's how it goes. And I think there's always this combination, you know, luck, skill, lessons, put it all together. And uh, hopefully, it, hopefully you have a good batch of chili this time.
0: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people think that when that when they have that goal, like we said earlier, that when they hit that, then there's gonna be some sort of like you've made it, that's it, life stops, or something it's not how it goes it's like the whole point of life is the journey that you're going on because those things will never be the things that you think they're gonna bring you right the the accolades, the achievements they're they're great, you celebrate them, but like that's not going to give you the what this sort of fulfillment, yeah, you know like that's that's the thing it's like. Well, you know, and what, why are we in such a rush? You know, we're, we're on, there's no finish line here. You know, let's, let's get to where we want to quick. But I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, we're, we're, we got to learn as we go. And that's just the way it goes. And if you can get okay with that, I find when I started to, when I, I'm sometimes I'm like, oh, why isn't this happening? Why am I going through this? What's, the, what's the, what's the lesson? But then when I sit back and, and, and just detach and be like, well, isn't this what the journey is? I'm learning right now. Even if I was to get there today, then what? Then I would create my own, a new set of, of challenges and problems that I'd want to get to, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, when I was a little kid, I loved the movie Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. That oh, was so good. Some people really loved Bloodsport, which I thought was okay, but I really liked Kickboxer. So don't hate me for it. Both and good yeah they are and, and and in kickbox here he's out in thailand and he's learning how to fight and, he, and he's doing all of his fights in thailand so as a little kid i thought i want to go see a real muay thai fight in thailand this was my, my dream as a little kid one of them one of several dreams and uh, a few months ago i was out in thailand at the lupanese stadium i probably pronounced that wrong but you know what i'm talking about if you've been out there mm-hmm. it's the oldest and original stadium from Thai in, in thailand and, and sitting there watching the fights and making some bets with the locals right and and experiencing that culture and just fully immersed into it. I loved it. It was amazing. And then uh, made some friends there and you we know, went out for a couple of drinks after, and some of them were ex fighters and, you know, just socializing and getting to hear their lifestyle through a really thick accent. And, and that was a dream come true. Right. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, what's, if that was the dream that was motivating X amount of actions now that it's fulfilled, you know, now what? Right. Yeah. And, and was all that effort worth it and, and then worth what? Right what was better, the excitement and the, and, and the hope that it might happen or the actual being there? And, of course, the, the real answer is it was the excitement and the buildup. I mean, I love saying that uh, I've been there and I did it, but neither of them is really more important than the other. You know, the experience of, of remembering. What, what is that, that childhood yeah. dream that you have? Are you fulfilling it right now? Could you do it right now? Is it as simple as jumping on a flight and going away for a couple of days and fulfill that dream, right, then, and have that inner peace from it? I'm kind of rambling now, but um, no,
0: I, I totally agree, man. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And a lot of, a lot of people who are famous say the same thing. It's the climb up. That's the exciting part. Once they yeah. get to the, once they hit the thing, it's like, you got all the money, you got all the things you're like, Oh, okay. Now what? Yeah. Now what? If you don't have some sort of fulfillment or purpose or deeper meaning, then that's, that's what we all crave, man. That's what we crave as human beings is, is some sort of fulfillment that the thing will bring us, that the, it's not the freedom, but it's like what that will be able to create the feeling, you know? And I mean, that's what I've, I've tried to figure it out too, you know, because when you get the things, they're just things you get bored of them and you want to buy more things.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I, I have this visual, if, if I were sitting, if everyone listening to the podcast today, was lined up side by side, right? And we had five minutes to talk to each other, one at a time, right? I wonder how many people I would ask the same question to uh, would have a good answer. And the question would be, you know, what are your biggest dreams? What is it that motivates you? And what are you, what are you really desiring from this life? These are broad, crazy, you know, woo-woo questions, but, but they're not, right? These are real tangible, simple yeah. questions. Like, what are you, Why are you doing what you're doing? What is the answer to that? And why do you want to keep doing that? Or do you need to make a tweak? And I wonder how many people would be uncomfortable if I was to ask them that. I don't know.
0: Lots, man. Lots. I think most. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a reality. It's, it's like people don't want to admit that maybe what they're doing isn't what their like, truth is. Mm-hmm. And that they're doing it because of some other reason. We do things because of our circle of friends. We do things because of how we were raised. Yep. There was a time when we were a kid where we didn't. That's why I love watching kids when they're growing up because they don't give a shit about what anyone thinks. Yeah, They say what they want. They're creative. And then one day, all of a sudden, somebody comes along and says, no, little Timmy or little Sally, mm-hmm. this is how you do it. This is how you're supposed to do life. This, you know, and that's, the, 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 that's how things get shaped. And that's all of a sudden the direction you're on. Right, and then the people that you 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 associate with, kind of solidify that path in a way, right? So then you end up going into things that you really, that that you really don't aren't passionate about, and you know, into jobs, into things, and then you always have that feeling like you know something isn't
1: isn't right. Yep. Right. I and mean, I don't think whatever goes away.
0: No. Yeah. So it's like I think it's just so important for people to have to say, hey, what am what am I? And this may be a little bit different from what you said but it just this kind of just things come into my head and I got to elaborate on yeah and it's like you got to be able to step up to yourself look yourself in the mirror and go all right you know I'm so so age I'm doing this you know kind of take inventory am am I doing what I actually want to do like am can I change it or is that possible and actually ask these hard questions because a lot of people don't want to do these things. And a lot of people, the way they cope is through booze, through these, these addictive habits. We all do them to allow to keep us away from thinking and keep us away from facing ourself, which is our truth, which is sometimes the hardest thing to face, mm-hmm. right? For and sure. I, I think most people, that's the case that we're dealing with in our world.
1: And, and, it's, and it's a good question. Like some people that I talked to... I, some of my coaching clients, for example, when I'm talking to them and I ask them, you know, these same questions, yeah. uh, a lot of the things I get back are, uh, oh, well, well, you know, my finances are in a tough spot. That's why I'm keeping this job, even though I'm unhappy. And that's just the way life is. So, you know, next subject, please. Thanks for making me feel bad about my life. And I think, okay, well, let's, let's, let's back up now. I don't want to, we're not trying to make anyone feel bad about their life here. We're trying to say, you know, we're, talk, we're, t- we're trying to talk about awareness and, and clarity, right? It, there's that, there's the story of the, uh, the, the two truckers and they they carry the truck full of potatoes all the way across the country and uh, and they get there and they finish doing the accounting and the one trucker looks at the other trucker and says, you know, and of course there's no money, right? So, because it cost them as much to ship it there as it did that they sold it for, right? So they're they're a net zero on the bank. And then uh, one trucker looks at the other trucker and says, man, I think we've got to start selling more potatoes, right? And obviously selling potatoes is not profitable. So why do they want to sell more potatoes, right? We've got to rewind for a second here and, and look at what we're doing. Is it, is it actually getting us there? And we don't have to feel bad about it. We don't have to change our whole life right now. We don't have to quit our jobs tomorrow or, or, uh, or divorce or, or get married or whatever it happens to be, whichever side of the equation you're on. No, it's one, one step at a time. Let's have an honest conversation, just like we're doing right now, you and me, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. What's working? What's not? All right, what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. And have, a, and have a good support group, good friends you can talk about this with, and good experienced people that can, you know, guide you on the next step. Whoever it is.
0: Yeah, and if you really get to the basis of this, and this is something like I want to get into coaching as well. Um, this is something because I, I love it because there's just there's a lot of coaches out there, but I don't know if a lot of them are great. And I feel like people just need to connect, right? And I can see that you'd be very good at that. And I feel that sometimes that the fact that they get sad about their, where their life is is sometimes where they need to sit. (laughs) Like, right. Like you gotta, like if it makes you triggers you, makes you feel bad. Whoa. That's something we need to sit down and get to go lean into because you shouldn't feel bad about where you're at. If you're, if you're, if you're truly happy, like if you feel that you're where you're at and you're happy and, and satisfied, if you're happy doing that at McDonald's and that brings you fulfillment, Man, you've won at life.
1: Yeah, for real.
0: Like you have, you know, I'm, I, I'm not one to ever judge anybody like, man, if you can walk around with a smile on your face and you're positive, give me what that guy's got, whatever. And some people just got that gift. Doesn't matter what they do. But if there's people that really get upset about talking about what it is they're doing in their actual life. Yeah. And, it, and, and we've all been there. I know I have like, oh, fuck, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to go and drink and just just not think about it right and that's an issue we've got like that discomfort needs to be addressed and i don't know if enough people do it and it's interesting talking about it because i mean we can all make a change it's hard right we it's financially there's all the, the reasons but there's also small steps that you can take to make changes right and
1: absolutely yeah uh, earlier i was telling you about the story when i was uh, uh when i hit my I guess it was my second rock bottom in life. And that was, you know, cleaning up the slop at the bottom of the floors in the the dirty nightclubs. And even now, like when I told the story and now I'm kind of smiling when I say it, not particularly because I enjoyed cleaning the slop. That's that's not enjoyable, right? But um, for me anyways, in in my own personal development journey, it's doing that, it's in that moment that I discovered what I would refer to as a a waking meditation. And uh, again, I'm not getting all woo-woo on you here. I'm just saying that there's a state of mind that exists, and it is a choice. Am I going to uh, find something good out of this experience, or am I gonna skip it all and just complain about it? And for me, when I, when I found peace and my own type of happiness inside mopping these floors, it told me that I'll be okay in life, you know? And, and, and it told me that the mindset and how I'm approaching and looking at my surroundings is more important than the surroundings themselves. And you know, for me, I couldn't be at peace without jumping into an entrepreneurship venture because I, I love it. I, it makes me so excited and happy to do that that process. So, I, I, you know, I did leave that and and do another venture, but it didn't need to. You know, it it, it wasn't necessary in order to have and to find happiness. Um, and so, again, people that feel like they can't quit their job, or and they, even if they want to, or or uh, if they're Struggling in their business, or the world seems to fall apart. You know, I just hope that uh, they can find that peace of mind and and keep going. You know, keep just Mm -hmm. find those little things that make you happy, and and it'll be okay. It doesn't matter if you if you make millions or not. It doesn't matter if you know what it is that you've idolized as something that you have to have. It doesn't matter if that exactly comes true. Um, You can have happiness without it.
0: What's your biggest struggle that you're facing now with your in your part of your journey and? How have you been able to stay so humble?
1: The biggest challenge for me right now is, you know, I felt like a big fish in a small pond before, um, you know, the construction world is, doesn't represent the world economy, you know, but I was so deep into that industry and my mindset had really only experienced uh, a little tiny, tiny fraction of different types of business that could be there. And I didn't have, I don't have an MBA at Stanford or something, right? So I wasn't exposed theoretically to all these different types of business case scenarios so in in my own mind i was a really big fish that's how i saw myself and now that i'm out of that pond and i'm starting to swim in the ocean i'm realizing just how small i am you know and geez there's you know the kind of money i was playing with over there was more than anyone i had ever known was ever playing with at the time but in terms of global economy and and, uh, and what else is out there. It, it was just, it was just pennies. Right. And so right now I'm in I'm, over the last two years, I've been going through this mental shift of realizing that, man, you know, I'm just a little fish in a big ocean here. And, uh, uh and, and I have to adopt that in order to acknowledge that a whale's a whale, a shark's a shark, you know, let's just let's be honest here. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, that's a big thing that I'm, I'm working through and being able to adjust myself to this bigger world environment. Uh, you know, I, I was running 60 people or 70 people sometimes. And to me, that was a great deal. This is amazing, right? But try 7,000. It's a whole order of magnitude of a different world. And uh, that's the world that I'm excited about right now. So uh, on the humble side, um, I think that when, when the minnow gets a perspective of the size of the ocean, not just their little, you know, seaweed area that they're living in, a natural humbleness that, that happens. And it's, it's not about, hum, humble doesn't mean keeping yourself small and not acknowledging your no. greatness. It's not about that. It's about realizing right. that, you know, how many, there's billions of people on this planet and we're just one of them, right? And yeah. this earth is just one planet of billions of, of billions of other planets, of billions of other galaxies and it's keeping it real. How about that? Man,
0: so true. Like we're just, we're here for a short period of time. You know, we're here, we got, we're, we got the, we got the nod. Hey, you're here for this amount of time. Do what you can with it. You know, good luck, kind of thing, right? Yeah. And 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 when you can look at it like, where that's where gratitude comes in too. I mean, we could have been anything. We ended up being a human. And I like talking about woo stuff. I I want to change that because that shit's real, man. The 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 the, the, the woo woo of the past is is being proven, you know, in science now, right? Like a lot of yeah. this stuff. And I um, yeah, it's just to be where we're at. And just to understand that we're all learning and, you know, you become more humble as you learn. I I become more humble as well as I've done this podcast journey because I realized that we're all humans, man. We're all just human beings at different levels of our journey. That's it. If you can just sit back and go, huh, all right, I'm not at that level. I I know what I know because of the books I've read and people I've met and I'm at where I'm at and that's okay. And you know what? I don't know everything. And I, you know, and when you can just realize that you, the more you learn and the more you go down that rabbit hole, the more you realize you don't know, like, right. And that's a, that's a great thing because that just keeps you hungry to learn on a daily basis.
1: It does. And, you know, I'm writing this, I just finished writing my book and I'm doing the final editing right now. And, um, one of, the, one of the biggest struggles in there is that, like I said, I didn't go to school. I, I didn't have practice writing essays or, or, or writing, you know, exams. Like this is, wasn't my bag, right? This isn't my experience. So to write a book and make it sound acceptable in society and have the proper grammar and punctuation everywhere it needs to be and have a coherent story, uh, this is something I've never done before. And, you know, the first version I thought was amazing. It took so much effort. It was shit. Man. It, was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. So then I rewrote it again. I thought, oh, this is the best one. You know, hired an editor and it was, it was like, it was like going up to pick up my test scores at the front of the room and it's just red marker all over it. Right. Just, oh. and it was horrible. Right. So, so, uh, and now going on to like, what, the seventh version and trying to uh, it's starting to sound like an actual book now, which I'm excited about. Um, but it's, been, but it's been a struggle. It's been humbling and a struggle to realize that I didn't know this. Right. I didn't know. That I didn't know how to write to this capacity. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fun too. It's been, it's been a good learning process.
0: Man, I'm the same as you, you know, writing in school. I had the creativity <laughs> juices, but when it comes to putting, the, even now, like even just structure and punctuations, I'm like, is that a period or is that, what is it? Like, do I got a <laughs> dot, dot, dot? Like, you know, like sometimes, and, and I'm the same, man. I, I want to write a book too. So I'm-, I'm hope I like, you do, yeah. Man, I really want to, And and- i hearing that i've heard that so many times that it is a real challenge, and it's something that I really want to work towards doing. How did you How did you get the ball rolling? like someone like me, I want to write a book you know what was your what was your first step? like walk us through that because I'm sure there's people listening out there. you guys want to write books too so and this is great because this is also humbling for the journey is that you don't you, you know you never have done this before, just like the rest of us listening you know what were the some of the things that you had to do? in step in order to make this uh, turn this into reality
1: so so here's the this was the hardest part okay and this one's real this is like this is moving mountains type of hard anyone that wants to write a book listening just kind of go through this process okay take a paper take a pen (laughs) write the first word like right now just write it Lance. write it You know how to start a book. If if you write the first word, you are now an author in progress. You are now on the journey of writing your book, and it boggles my mind how many people I know personally who say they want to write a book, and they've been saying that for years, and they haven't written the first word. Mm. That's bizarre, but it's also true. Like it, it it's this big, looming fear, um, intangible. You know, concept. Oh, I want to write a book. Well, a book is so big. How do I eat the elephant? Of course, it's one bite at a time. And and this elephant is about words, right? So, writing the first word.
0: But how did you get like the structure of of like okay? So did you? This is. I'll just explain my own personal. I don't know whether to write it in like my own personal story or Mm -hmm. write it in a way of what I've learned from people or. Or, you know, I just don't know the structure. And I think you got to really, like, where do you learn the best structure for you? You know, like, where does, how does that work? Like, how do these big authors, how do they, how do they say, okay, this, this is the style. Like, who's choosing that, you know?
1: Yeah. And um, of everything I've researched and looked at and, and studied in this world of, you know, how to become an author. One commonality that I'm noticing is that the path is a little bit unique for each person. And some people love the structured approach and making a, uh, a full you know, list of chapters and, and, a, and an outline. And some people love starting with character development and some people love diving right in with no plan at all. Um, some people like to research a lot and some people just like to research a little bit. Everyone's got their own path. And I think it resides on the inside, right? And if you're thinking about writing a book, I would ask you, what do you need to do as your first step that you can just do right now? And then just do it. You know, It's a little baby step. It's going to take a million of them. Yeah. But let's just get started. I'd love to celebrate with you, Lance, that you have yeah. now started your book. I want to hear this. Please yeah. message me when you wrote that first word. Whatever path it is for you. For me, it was about diving in, right? I just gushed out and forced myself to write. The hardest part for me was to actually write. Like, that was the hardest part. I can research, I can study, I can take criticism, I can hire people, editors, and, and beta readers, and, and I, can, I can do that stuff. But to get the words on paper, was my own was my biggest mental and emotional challenge. And as long as I was writing a little bit every day, then that's great. And I just kept doing that until there was a the first, you know, horrible version of manuscript, which I'm very proud of, by the way.
0: Here's here's my question. Do you write the book in the style that you would be interested in reading? Or do you because for me, there's certain kinds of books that I enjoy reading. Like the format I like this may sound funny to you guys, but I like short chapters because of my attention span. I like little diagrams. I like things like there's this book I'm reading. I've been, I opened it a while ago, Atomic Habits. And I really enjoy how he writes it because for somebody like me who isn't the best reader, I really like how he has these things broken down in short chapters and then has like the main points of the chapter at the end. And it's just super easy to get through. Yeah. Like as far as, and I like, let's say like Tim Ferriss, Tools of the Titans, where he's got he had all his interviews and he asks those questions. And, you know, it's like a podcast transcribed, which is something I really want to do too. But I really, I wonder, do you write a book based on what you enjoy to read? You know, there's, there's certain styles of books and then there's certain ones I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to read this. This yeah. is like chapters are 25 pages long. I got to be like, or do you write them to more of like what you're in, you're interested in? I feel you would you would choose you would thrive more writing one that you would be interested in reading. Well, what, what's your thoughts on that?
1: And again, my, my perspective is limited to just my perspective. So yeah. I'll, I'll just blame there. I feel like writing is an art, right? This is, a, this is an expressive, uh, it, I'm not writing an instruction manual and that, that's maybe not art, but um, writing a book of, of most contexts is an expression. It's, it's artistic, it's creative. And a book needs to come out the way it needs to come out. It doesn't matter if, if I prefer that style or that style. It just comes out in its own way. And for me, the, the, the tone and the, and the perspectives that come out in the book are the way that the story needed to be told. And, you know, this is basically a little internal reflection process, a little bit of meditation. Okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm, I'm writing. And I, I tried a few ways. I tried like an instruction style and I tried like a how-to style and I tried uh, a, a strictly narrative sort of almost like a novel style. And I ended up coming up with one that was a blend and it felt right. And that's, that's really, I think when you know you're writing in the right way, if it feels right, if you're enjoying the process, if it's, if it's resonating with you, if it's fulfilling this itch that you had to write, and that's going to be the right way. I would say, don't overthink it. Right. Don't.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and if anything, try not to predict how the market would want to read it.
0: Uh, right? Okay.
1: Maybe reflect on it and, and, you know, take people's feedback, right. Let's not be uh, victims of hubris here, but but don't overthink it, don't overanalyze, right? It's, it's like people playing the stock market, right? Don't, don't overthink buying your stock, right? If, if you were really that good at it, then you'd probably be managing a, a, you know, a billion dollar fund, right? But um, if you were that good at it on your first book, then you know, you'll be a best-selling author or you, or you should be by now, right? Just let it come out. Just, mm. yeah, write, write the way that you want to write it. Write that first word and, and yeah. see what happens after that. Yeah my challenge.
0: That's great advice for everybody. Because there's I think I think a lot of people have a book in them. They just don't have the belief that what they say matters. You know?
1: That's what this podcast is about, right? Is getting the stories out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, like I've been thinking lately just how can I even create more value from this podcast, you know, into a book, into different ways. Because there's just sometimes you look back and you'll notice when you, when you start your podcast, you got all this content of this amazing, you know, this amazing value and it's like, wow, I need to be figuring out a way to get this out in different ways. Cause it feels like a waste, not, you know, not having them and, you know, taking that and being able to channel it through all these different areas and different, um, you know, there's, there's, there's just so much we can do with, stuff like this. Yeah. And this is a,
1: yeah. And, and at the time at, at today's date, I looked on, I think you're at 154 episodes. So you've talked to, you've had 154 amazing conversations with yeah. powerful people. And that gives you a really unique perspective. I think that you could definitely put together something of value here that, uh, that I would listen to anyways.
0: Oh yeah. I appreciate it, man. And it's people like yourself that these talks that, that make it more real for people like myself and the listeners that it's it's possible you know you hit rock bottom twice you lost everything and now you know you're doing well you're you're, you're writing a book and you know you got a podcast and and shining the light on on the fact that personal development is super important as you you said you can tell by your the, your mindset and would you, like you know and, and i really appreciate that in people because the people that seem to that thing that clicked seem to get that seem to understand that, and you you and, and seeing their success and how they 've been able to adjust from hitting that rock bottom to being able to create something, there had to be a switch, and there had to be a, some sort of belief or mindset that's different than the average
1: there is and and you've been exposed to so many of them on on the <laughs> show here uh, I can you know whenever I start up my my own show it'll be interesting because you, you just you 're in such a great spot and, and that's why I love listening to the podcast is to is to be exposed to people's brains and all these thought processes and all these experiences that, um, that I wouldn't have. Because like I said before, I was like a, a big fish in a small pond. And coming out of the small pond is about opening up and seeing what's really going on around you, right? And that's maybe one of the best parts about going to university is getting this diversity of, of perspective. Mm. Uh, and, and for me, my eyes were I – had, I had a very narrow lens for a very, very long time. And it's really cool to be out of that and doing some angel investing and getting involved in different, different startups and looking at doing another startup myself and learning about writing a book and, you know, looking back and having a venture closed, you know, Mm -hmm. how many companies go, you know, one of my, one of my competitors back in the market there, I'm in touch with and he's bankrupt, man, he's gone. Right. And I can't resist looking back and saying, man, if I had to stay down a bit longer, would something out of left field have got me too? Who knows? Right? It's never really know. Um yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, just keeping it real.
0: What what can we look forward to for you coming up and where can everybody find you?
1: Uh you can find me on my website. It's my full name, Eric Gilbert Williams.com. It's E-R-I-C-G-I-L-B-E-R-T W-I-L-L-I-A-M S. It's a mouthful, I know, but just go <laughs> that's my website. Um I you know I love talking with people and doing some mentoring calls and just hearing people's stories. You can, you can contact me there directly right in my calendar. Uh, my book is now launched. You can download the intro and prologue on my website uh, for free. Just, you know, have a read and uh, the pre-orders are up on my Amazon. Um, I'll be out in California for a while uh, looking at the tech scene and doing some angel investing out there. If you have a good idea, just reach out on, uh, on my website or go to LinkedIn, you know, my full name on LinkedIn uh, or just send me an email. Uh, it's my, it's eric at ericgilbertwilliams.com. Just reach out. I'd love to say hi.
0: Awesome. And you're going to be launching your podcast, which we're going to talk about,
1: yeah. which is exciting. I hope we do. Yeah, I'd like to. Man, I'd, I'd love to
0: help you make that. It's a good time to have a show. It's a great time. And and it just really, it just allows your you to connect and and just build that trust with your audience, you know, build that authority and trust. And at the end of the day, that's that's all that matters is, I say this to people all the time. It's like there's so much noise out there. There's so many people selling stuff, saying this, saying that. And what a podcast is great about is like the host. You you can I I can't hide. I, I'm myself. You know, I'm talking to people like yourself. Like this is the real me. So if if you don't like me, that's great. At least you know that I'm not fucking hiding here. Right? Yeah. So but the, the good thing is is that you can it allows you to sort of people to get to know you on a deep level. And it also gets to be like, Hey, I'm not really aligned with that person. So I don't want to do business. And that's okay too. There's no, there's no misleading here, right? That's, that's what I like about it. And that's what you'll find too, is your, your ability to be able to connect with your audience and really hone in on who actually cares about what you say, you know, (laughs) that's, and that's the whole point. That's what, that's what it's all about. Right.
1: Yeah. And when we first started talking, I, I, Uh, and and we talked about maybe me coming on the show and I remember your energy and your passion and enthusiasm about it. And I thought, you know, I gotta, we gotta do this. And I wasn't ready at the time, but that, that you never went away, you know, you did something right there. And I think it was just that, that passion and I, yeah, so I'm glad to to have a chance to finally be talking with you here and, and having these conversations and, you know, hopefully I look back and, and don't cringe at anything I said, but, uh, I think it was a lot of fun. It's been a good time. Yeah, man. It's something that I love and I'm passionate about.
0: And I cringe all the time when I hear the way I speak sometimes, man. I talk, I'm like, why did I go off on such a loop there? But that's just the way we are, right?
1: <laughs> it is. I talk, you know, I just talk too much sometimes. So, <laughs>
0: me, me too, man. People probably like, all right, all right. All right, man. Well, I always end with one question, and that's what's one lesson that adversity has taught
1: you? Oh, man. what One lesson adversity has ever taught me. There is no end. It's a very broad, simplified statement. That's me practicing not talking too much, by the way. Yeah but there is no end it's never over and it doesn't no matter you know how many times you get hit how low you might be you know how much pain your body might be in uh how, how much of a wreck you might be emotionally if, you know what that's where you are today but you know tomorrow's the sun is gonna rise and that's a guarantee so uh, so are you and you know the end is just never there
0: there's no finish line everybody there's no end you just keep going keep yeah. going there's always tomorrow. It's funny because you feel like some days it's like, "Why is this happening? This is terrible. It's never going to go away." You wake up and you have a great day. It's just yeah, break. man.
1: When people are laughing at me or poking fun or things are just a wreck, and you know I'm embarrassed. You know what? It's it's not over. So yeah. we'll see who's laughing in the end.
0: Exactly, dude. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate Thanks. you. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll make sure everybody comes and checks you out. And. We'll have all the information in the show notes for the book and all that, man, and the exciting podcast. So, All right. Eric Gilbert Williams, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Make sure to check out Eric, all those infos in the show notes. Leave us a review. Hit that subscribe button so you stay on top of all the episodes. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Catch you next time.